Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. Hey, this is Josh. It is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. Right at the end. And I have survived Fan Expo weekend, Gwen and I. Oh boy. Almost not though. They tried to not let you back into the country. It was all crazy. Well, over our weekend there, we had a fire alarm in the convention center, which has never happened to me before. And why did you pull that fire alarm? I <laughs> was you know, this a Zomkeys like viral out. marketing type of thing. We were three days in in the trenches. Yeah, you didn't know what was what. But it was Saturday. I went to a party the night before, and one of the Ooh. organizers I overheard saying something about Saturday was seventy thousand tickets. Okay, but not people or. Well, more than that, because imagine that 70,000 tickets sold, Yeah. then there's probably a bunch of people who are journalists or VIPs, that kind of thing. Yeah. The guests, the creators, the volunteers. Josh. Me. <laughs> so well over 70,000 people were probably there. Damn. And then the fire alarm goes off. And we all have <laughs> oh, God. horrible survival skills. And also a bunch of people are in big costumes probably too. Well, and as one of our Artist Alley neighbors said, uh, this is a, a, the perfect place to have a fire. Nothing can go wrong. It's not like the place is filled with a bunch of flammable material. Yeah. Paper as far as the eye can see. Paint and plastic and tens of thousands of people trapped in a basement surrounded by escalators and elevators. So that happened. Then Gwen and I... At 11 o'clock at night on the next day, I think, the fire alarm went off in the hotel. What? Okay, wait a minute. There's one common factor to I these know. incidents, wait. Josh. I have an alibi. <laughs> I didn't do it. Sure. And then, I've been guilty of not looking into the aftermath of this story. We stayed a bit longer just to visit a friend, and we were to hop on a train at 5.30, so we were like heading... a.m. or p.m.? P.m. Okay. So least. we would get home at like 10.30, not uh, too bad. That's not bad, yeah. And it left us the day to have breakfast and hang out and mm-hmm. whatever. And Gwen, I think, either got an email or might have just checked and like a social media thing. I don't know what it was precisely, but all the trains were halted. And I believe the term <laughs> mysterious object oh, was God. there. Was it, There was a fire alarm pulled on the train for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Like, Good Lord, Josh. So I know someone was taken into custody. I don't what? know if it was something serious or oh, some kind of weird prank or a misunderstanding. Uh, somebody said the words bomb threat. There it is. Wait, did you say the words bomb threat? I or? might, I might have like, been yelling that. Is this that. a bomb threat? <laughs> Stop yelling that. Shark! <laughs> but I didn't think there was a big emergency because they made us all go outside. And we were standing right outside of your Toronto Raptors Ooh. home base. Amazing. Did you see like lots of Raps gear around? This is important to me that I asked this. Uh, sadly, I must say, it was a lot of Maple Leaf stuff. Oh, jeez. A lot of Maple Leaf stuff. Big banners for the Maple Leafs. Fine. Home of the Maple Leafs. I mean, and there's an asterisk, and it's like also Raptors, like really small fonts. Probably. I, I don't want to cause fights with any sports people, because <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. But how many championships have the maple leafs won in the last couple years let me tell you that not one since 1967 yeah so i don't know the raptors seem they should have more representation but i think we were standing out where all the crazy people party (laughs) outside when they don't have tickets to go to the raptors championships and we use crazy loosely here because i mean we're all just that kind of crazy but these are like the nerd tailgaters i guess but they weren't making us run for our lives okay so i thought it's a combination of sports people and comic nerds well there was a whole bunch of people in Blue Jays jerseys, and we later realized mm. they were headed to a game. Right. So yeah. you had, whatever, 30,000 people headed to the Blue Jays game. Makes sense. Thousands of people being kicked out of the trains, a bunch of cops and firefighters and all that kind of stuff. 
and everyone just kind of standing around going, uh, should we panic? Yeah, and there's like Blue Jays gear on the one hand, and then a guy in like a vulture costume. So he's like kind of a bird, you know, like that's a weird combo. Gwen said, oh, I wonder if they'll, you know, if there's a bomb threat at the train station beside the baseball stadium, do they cancel the baseball game? Yeesh. I don't know. That's a so, lot of effort. All that happened, and we ended up getting on the train an hour and a half late, getting into town at midnight instead of 10.30. Oh, that's late for you, though. So we did it, but it was just so much stuff on top of the fun weekend. But mm. it was just like, what a perfect Toronto visit. Two fire alarms and a bomb threat. Yeah, and that's, and I, I mean, was it successful for you, the yeah, thing? Yeah, it was great. Fan Expo is very cool. Within five minutes, I felt like a celebrity because there was the event organizer coming over. There was the volunteer coordinator making sure I was okay if yeah. I needed any help, bringing us snacks, wow. making sure we had enough chairs. Did they have like a name that said Mr. Josh Stafford or something? There was a big name card behind me. Did Josh it say Stafford. Mis- it didn't say Mr. Didn't though. Say They're Mr. like, Josh. okay, we're getting there though. I mean, yeah. having the card is already enough. The funny thing is, even though I gave specific name, Gwen's badge, and I noticed all the other plus one badges were just... For example, for me, was Stafford Companion. Oof. And my writing partner, Howard Wong, was Wong Companion. And I was like, I Wait. gave you her name. Wait a minute. his So th- that's confusing. So it didn't even say his name, even though he's a co-creator or whatever. I don't know if that's accurate. No, no, sorry. He had one for himself. Oh, okay. But his plus one badge <laughs> I got you. was Wong Because I thought companion. his said Wong Companion. So they said his name, but then Companion, like he's him. I guess it just made life easier for them for the hundreds of guests Damn. to just put Companion. But I'm like, typing out Stafford <laughs> Companion on the, the sticker maker. Yeah. I think just as easy to type out Gwen, you know? Yeah, like Mrs. Josh Stafford, like in the <laughs> oh, 40s movies, you know? I should be Mr. Gwen Davy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, considering all the time she's bailed us out for <laughs> yeah. technical glitches and whatnot. <laughs> but no, it was really good. These things are not financially profitable in the long run because you think of, you know, you're traveling there in the hotel and whatever. But I sold a whole bunch of books, met a bunch of nice people, saw a bunch of old friends. We got to go to a couple Star Wars panels making Lee very jealous because at the Clone Wars panel, there was Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano. Okay. She is awesome to the fans, and they had a truly limited edition print that is only being given out to people at the panel. Did you get one? Got one. Okay. And I didn't tell Lee this yet, and I could spoil it here because... He's not going to listen to the podcast. He's not going to this. <laughs> we got two. Oh. One for me, one for her. And I said... I can't give Lee this. This is so cool. This is mine. I want it. Yeah. And then after thinking about it, I was like, well, Gwen got one, and this will mean that I get into Lee's will. That's you know? right. That's like, right. And so you're so, giving him hers? Well, they're both the same. <laughs> yeah. See, interesting wording here. I get the idea that I'll you're still keeping mine, one for you. And I'm the gift giver. It's true. I mean, your household has one. I guess that's, exactly, all. that's what yeah. matters. So. But it was great. And what I find, too, what's funny is when you're in a Comic-Con, you have all your books on the table. At the end of the night, you do not pack up. You kind of take the tablecloth, and this is a long-running tradition, and you cover up your books with the tablecloth. If you have little, like, bookie shelves, you kind of hide those under the table. And that's permanent security that nobody could possibly ever... And you walk around, and there's, like, big booths with toys inside it or rows of comics, and they've just got blue tarps on top of them or a tablecloth drape set up. Yeah. And that's security. And what I love to hear is I was chatting with people about this, no shoplifting. Right. Just this lovely nerd thing of that's not in their wheelhouse. They're right. like, I'm not going to steal from somebody. So I think that's so cool because I imagine at other type big conventions, like, I don't know, like I, I've seen documentaries about probably bigger security if you're at a 
like a clothing San Diego or something, or like a, I saw like a shoe convention. And I oh, imagine, okay, now that's yeah. I imagine there must be big security on that kind that's of stuff. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, so it was super fun. You're always trapped at your table, so I didn't get to do a ton of walking around, but I did buy a few things. I did look for your comic book unsuccessfully. Uh, it's all right. There was some like CGC in plastic, you know, for like for like four hundred dollars. I was gonna say five hundred. So yeah, what a bargain so, up so, for. Yeah, here's your four hundred dollar comic <laughs> oh, that you God. can't read. No, no, that's not cool at all. And we went to this one thing, and I'm going to get the name wrong, but they were called, like, Squishy Mellows. Oh, Squishmallows? Squishmallows? I think that might... I think I've close. heard of a kid say that before. They are, like, the... They're like everything else. They're pogs. They're beanie babies. They're the thing right now. They're yeah. fidget spinners. They're the thing. <laughs> so they had a booth. Quite the business model. They weren't selling anything. You get in line, and if you're out there at a certain time of day, the lineup is five kilometers long. Okay. But... If you get there at the right time, it's not too bad. And there's a little queue, and there's a Plinko game. Oh. And so you step up two or three stairs, and you take the little widget, and it goes plink, 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 plink. And it could land on the tiniest thing was a keychain. Okay. And then smaller was had was a little, like, belt loop guy, but okay. still, like, a plushie. And then, like, I think it was medium-large. But then if you got the super-duper large one, it was pretty fun because then, like, the alarms go off. Okay. And somebody's inside their little house. Yeah. And they just... They whip it at you? Yeah, good aim because there's, there's a question mark on the ground. And okay. It, and they just yell, like, we have a winner. And then there's some volunteer inside, and they take a giant one wow. and toss it over the wall. And then you either catch it or it hits the ground, and everyone's like, yay. How big? It was pretty big. If, it, if you were a kid, it was, like arms wide handful lord like an oversized big thing i almost don't know if i'd want to win one that big I know, you're walking you around with it shit like that's too much we got i won a one with a little belt clip okay and it was a tiny little octopus guy i didn't think you'd actually go through the lineup and do i this. did it for gwen it was a small of course lineup. you did you did it for gwen <laughs> yeah yes and then gwen got a honey badger but well, I don't big, know what that is. It's a, it's a real thing. It's, well, that uh, doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> You're just saying words now. But one of our table neighbors, another comic artist, before the show started, he came back with one in his arms and he went, before the show opens, they're just giving them away to staff and creators. Oh, you idiot. I know. And so Gwen and I <laughs> ran over there, pushing old ladies out of the way. Judge Stafford. Judge Stafford. Uh, zombies. <laughs> zombies. You know I, yeah, I don't even know the name of my thing. Yeah. So we just missed the straight up giveaway. Oh my God. But we got in a very short queue, like maybe 20 people in front of us. And they moved that line fast. Okay. So we got two. They don't stamp your hand or anything. Yeah. So there was some lunatic hoarders there just getting in the line over and over like again like a fake mustache or a different hat or something yeah and we heard through the grapevine no sorry not even through the grapevine gwen was chatting with one of them bumped into one of them in a wow. squishy mallows t-shirt she was the grapevine she was the grapevine <laughs> this poor bastard she was saying like he looked haggard okay and said that the people in line 25 percent were monsters and they straight up broke up a fist fight between two grown-ups okay fighting over squishy mallows right so there's two like 40 year olds mad that they didn't get the big one or whatever the great squish mallow war of 2023 yeah and most of the con is lovely but you hear stuff like that and you're like come on guys yeah like that oh my god all of that is just a lot of information that but for I the people who won for. stuff it was lovely like they were cheering kids were happy sure great promotion too because it's like drugs right like yeah. hey kid you just got a free squishy mallow now <laughs> You're going to go home and buy 10 on eBay or whatever. Yeah. But so there, that was the most 
convention convention kind of thing i don't even i'm still reeling out what a honey badger is a honey badger. fine I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a term for something too and i don't remember what it is so i mean i don't know if it's bad i don't know anything about it i knew a roller derby girl named honey badger okay so i guess it's not a bad thing no it's no. not it's just it's kind of a fun thing you know badgers are like brutal but... oh my god all of that sounds insane i'm just i tuned out after you said you didn't find my comic book yeah. but uh, no 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 but i did i had started reading a comic last time my first front to back actually sit down and it's mainly because i had gotten one out from the library of all things so you know i have ones of my own but yeah. then for some reason i'm like oh go fuck all the libraries they had venom lethal protector uh, libraries are great they got yeah. so much stuff and it's all and it's you know it's fun like it's weird to say this but it's like you almost miss the ads a little bit in the trade paperbacks sometimes when they're older our generation stuff yeah but so anyway so you know i do i, I did buy a copy of lethal protector one with the cool red foil cover you know because this is like there's a few i do remember specifically from childhood you know but anyway so i'm reading the trade paperback last night i was like okay i'm gonna do it i've renewed this book three or four times already yeah keeps coming up and i was like oh god i gotta read that so i was like okay so last night i actually and it was like god it's so like it's really an indescribable feeling for someone who didn't read comics as a kid and then read them again later or what something like that a josh stafford type you know yes yes i don't know when you find these panels that you haven't read in 30 years whatever it is it's just these crazy like synapses firing moments where you're just like oh my god i remember that dialogue i remember that scene and the look on venom's face and stuff i guess i had a bit of fear Getting back into it, that I'm going to read something and be like, holy God, this sucks. Like, this is just, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. But, you know, that just disappeared when it's, and maybe it's just because I have a personal connection to these ones. But, like, there's just, like, that, there's nothing like that nostalgic feel, which is basically what we pedal all the time, I suppose. But, man, it was cool. Yeah, I have this weird affection for the worst early 90s <laughs> comic books. Which are like quite affordable now, I would imagine. If oh they're God, that crappy, all this like... stuff that we thought was going to put our kids through college are now like in the fifty cent bins. Yeah, and there was a lot of great stuff in the nineties, a lot of fun stuff. Mm. Um, you know, big stuff like the death of Superman and yeah. the breaking of the Batman, Bone, Hellboy, all kinds of great stuff. But there was that Rob Liefeld early nineties, yeah. <laughs> lots of teeth, lots sure. of horrible representation of women. Yeah, but that's when I was a kid, a thirteen year old. It was going to the store and Wizard Magazine and shiny covers and having too much time on my hands. Oh, the so, chromium covers. Oh, oh, I love the chromium covers. <laughs> so, yeah. Th well, that's why facsimile editions are all the rage. I that's what got me back into it. Because that is a reprint of a comic that reprints every ad and the letters pages. Mm -hmm. And you can get it for four bucks. Yeah. Whereas if you bought it. For real, it might cost you 20 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh God, some of them are crazy. They'll be like Avengers 1, Avengers 9, stuff like that. That's going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I was talking with another comic guy about those, and I said, what do they do about the ads? And he was like, I don't know. Because theoretically, you would think, say it's a reprint of a, a 90s book. Yeah. You'd have to go to Nintendo, Sega, hmm. uh, Cool Worlds. Uh, and, and, oh, and say we're gonna reproduce your copyrighted material in this comic and sell yeah. it do they just say hey it's a win-win because it's a free ad right it's a free ad yeah i think they must do that uh-huh but i'm so curious because when i was i say cool world because <laughs> that was in 92. all the comic books like yeah. so much advertising for the soundtrack and for the movie yeah and if there's an ad for the cool world cd in your issue of venom lethal protector and it's a reprint of the number one and they're including all the ads 
Somebody has to get asked, I think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Army of Darkness. That was all over all of them. And I'm like, oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I think that's at the point where I have to actually specifically research stuff to see what came out that year and what would be even. Because I don't even know if they're... The facsimile stuff is still kind of interesting, like what they pick and what they don't. Because some of it makes sense. Like DCs have been really good. They're doing like the first Penguin appearance or Riddler, stuff yeah. like that. Stuff like that, like 94, like 93 90 to 95 kind of thing. What is there? Like, there's stuff that's important to you or me, but yes. is, is that stuff that'll sell enough to actually do this? Probably not. Well, and then there's the irony that I could be wrong, but I think they did a facsimile edition of Wildcats number one. Ooh, Jim Lee. And I'm not kidding. I've seen that in maybe not dollar bins, but like $2 bins. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to go and buy the real one yeah. for $2 or the facsimile for three ninety nine? They just did X-Men number one. And, oh, like, right, and yeah. I don't mean like old X-Men, like actual, like 93 or 94, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, reboot number one. Exactly. And that, I think you told me, was like the highest selling comic of all time. Of or all at least time. at the time. I don't know if it yep. still is. And that had multiple covers, at least four covers, I think. That's the asterisk where you say like, I don't know the number, but say like, it sold 8 million copies. Yeah. But it's because dummies like me bought five copies <laughs> because there was five different covers. Yeah. So it kind of sold 8 million copies, but it would be more interesting to figure out how many human beings actually bought it. Yeah, and it I... It might be like a million. And I'm pretty sure that the alternate covers were just the gatefold poster that came with all of the covers. And yeah. so it was just... It's not like you got a different thing. It's just that you could put them all next to each other without folding out a poster. Did I buy that too? <laughs> yes. Of course you did. <laughs> and hilariously, like, I bought X-Men 1, yeah, like a couple of months ago. Like an original, cheaper than the facsimile is. Exactly. It's a weird time. <laughs> and there's the logic as well of if you have a subscription to Marvel Unlimited, which mm -hmm. is like the Marvel Netflix, for 10 bucks a month, you can just read all of these. You don't own them, but you can read them. Or you can get a lot of this stuff from the library. Or you can buy a trade paperback. Do you buy a, whatever, Death of Superman? And even if that's not a fortune because everyone has it, but yeah. say the Death of Superman is like 40 bucks. Or do you buy a giant omnibus for 40 bucks that has the whole series in it or do you buy both like i did last month ah yes <laughs> and that but that's partly because like i always wanted the black bag death of superman did like, you open it i know oh, it's, I that's the thing. <laughs> well because I, I have two look like i have a loose copy also yeah so it, that was a cool thing actually they just did like a 30 what year is that 30th, 30th, 30th anniversary? Yeah. yeah so they did the 30th anniversary of it which i picked up because i was like okay it was it wasn't a facsimile i don't think but it was like they added i don't know Extra stuff. essays and stuff who knows and so so there was that and then i and then later on i found an actual like a second printing of the original one for like five bucks or whatever and so i was like all right fine but then yeah like i want the black bag but i mean i also wanted the i do want the arm band you know like i always kind of wanted that i like opening up those bags we were talking about it how there's this trend now there's somebody online who their whole shtick is he opened up a mint in card lando calrissian action figure okay just to make super nerds cringe and yeah. i kind of love that the concept of just opening it and making use of it and i enter a contest every once in a while to win one of those slabbed cgc if you're not in the know it's like they take a comic book and they put it in plastic seal it up so you can never open it again and they say this is a 7.5 yeah you get fantastic four number 30 or whatever yeah if i ever win one of those 
I'm opening that up right away. Just taking a screwdriver to it. Yeah, I, I'm so... Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. It, that happens a lot. I mean, a lot more in uh, sports cards. Oh, yeah. And that at least deal. makes sense because yeah. it, you can still read the front and back of the sports card. Yeah, it's just a card, you know? Like, what else are you... Gonna, you probably shouldn't be touching it. I mean, if we're being honest. But, yeah. But even with that, it's 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 so crazy how big an industry that has become. And yeah. I, I don't even know when it started. I hadn't heard of it As much as I hate ago. it, I saw people bringing their stuff to get graded yeah so they're paying 50 bucks to get their book graded to put it in plastic and say it's worth 100 bucks it's so weird to me they're doing it for vhs tapes which makes me laugh no that's worse because they're like yeah this is a mint condition first print ghostbusters and inside is a tape that says star trek next generation on it or whatever even that though that will degrade you know, like oh, at yeah. least with a comic, I suppose if you had it in a UV proof, whatever yeah. the hell, all that stuff, that could make some sense. But with the VHS, it's like you're not guaranteeing anything. Yeah. So I don't know. Like vinegar syndrome is going to set in on everything. I don't know if they, it's called the same oh. thing for VHS. It's like tape rot instead. I guess, yeah. But. I mean, off the record, we might have a certain Star Wars film on film. But it is sadly unplayable, and yeah. you open up the box, and it smells like vinegar. Oh, jeez. That's why that company's called Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, it's sad. And that's kind of the thing with all this stuff. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Where, where does it end? Because, like, I mean, it would be cool to collect films, and I love that. There's a really great company called Thunderbean that does animation. And so it's, like, a small company. Like, less than 10 people work on this stuff. So it takes years for them to make a blu-ray set or dvd set but yeah. they put so much painstaking effort into it it's worth the wait but they're buying a lot of this stuff on ebay like they're getting 35 mils all this stuff but they're doing it as preservation yeah so that is amazing and without their work because a lot of the studios who either own this or let it lapse in copyright don't well i don't want to say they don't care but it's just like the money doesn't make sense to them which i understand but at the same time you're like so it just rots it's now or never kind of for stuff like that you can find i think on youtube a heartbreaking thing for a nerd to watch but back in the big film to digital crossover and studios didn't want to store and didn't care enough to find a home for Mm -hmm. a bunch of film prints and there's some video out there and it's films being chopped up with chainsaws (sighs) for real and then dumped into flaming dumpsters yeah because they didn't want anyone else to have them but they didn't want to keep them and I'm like, oh my god! Like, can't you get Scorsese on the phone, or Tarantino, or somebody, or a, or a film museum, a like, film yeah, school? like a library or something? We would know. take some of those, I'm sure. Yeah, no, that's just absolutely tragic. But uh, but yeah, so before we run out of time, I do want you to tell me the story. Yes. of the gentleman who came to see the Breen a Palooza this while pop- I was away. It popped in my head 30 seconds ago. And I was like, oh god, I'm gonna work this story, and we're talking about comics. But anyways. We're really good at uh, talking about film, talking about comics for 20 minutes. I mentioned Lando Carissian. He's in a movie. That's true. That's true. Okay, so the other night we had our Breen ostensibly one night only Saturday. And so it was right before cinema. I was presenting cinema. We came out. The first snafu was that my brain told me that Breen was at 9, but it was actually at 9.30. Good. And so we got here quite early. But anyways, that all worked out. So it was fine. So I was able to help out a little bit. And, and I helped Andrew scan digital tickets because we were expecting at least 200. It ended up being like 250, I think, something yeah. like that. And so, you know, Lee was, ended up being here. He wasn't supposed to be here. That's closure on the last week's podcast. He was supposed to go to Toronto, but didn't make it. Well, that's like when I showed him the art print we got, he was like, I wish I was in Toronto. Yeah, so there's that. But, it, you know, it was really great. We had a really good time. But right before, when we first let people in, there was this older gentleman came in. He walks past Lee and I, and then he comes 
to me and it was like you know oh do you know anything about the uh i won't do the voice the whole time but you know anything about the projector here and i was like oh this guy knows everything about the projector <laughs> here so he's sort of sick him on lee there go back to doing the tickets and so they talked and basically he had been to the by 10 a couple of times and was sort of disappointed in the clarity or he thought it could have been clear or something like that there's no shade of the by 10 i'm just repeating what uh-huh, this meant because uh-huh. he was an older glasses not great vision type of guy which i'm allowed to say because i have glasses and i don't have very good vision so yes <laughs> anyways all of that to say just he was sort of like oh you know i was a little disappointed and so lee was talking about the throw which is basically the distance between the screen and the projector and the bytown is just it's a longer space so inevitably it's going to be a longer throw compared to the mayfair something like that again no shade just saying words facts so, yes exactly so i have nothing against the bytown by any means and neither did this guy like he loved it but it was just sort of like kind of just out of curiosity so lee was sort of like oh yeah so you know it, it's not quite the same here but you know there's other factors like who knows and uh, projectionists and blah 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 all this stuff you know and so i'm half paying attention and so basically it came out that this guy had bought a breen ticket based only on the imdb score and i guess the right up which was just like you know guy opens a mental asylum to help people or something like that you know but it had a 7.6 and this is only screened a handful of times in the world you know and so So a bunch of breen nerds gave it a 10 yes and then people actually reviewing it gave it a one (laughs) and it averaged out to seven and a half for now it's probably not even there anymore and so so lee was basically like please don't judge us based on this movie (laughs) like it's I don't think he said it's not a good movie, but he was, you know, it's like, it was just, you could just see it coming, like what was going to happen in this scenario, you know? So the guy is like, he goes to watch it and I'm fascinated by this situation. I'm like, what is this guy going to think at the end of the movie? Because we all know how this is going to go down, you know, but he doesn't And this is a guy who should have been coming to see when we screen a Truffaut movie or something. He should have gone to Jules right before it. Like, you know, like it it just, in a way it's heartbreaking because he will love this place and there's so much he will love, pretty much everything that's not that movie or cinema. So he did not stay for cinema, let me first say. But anyway, so after the movie ends and and throughout, you know, it's if you've ever been to a Breen movie or know anything about it, it was just like uproarious. People like clapping and laughing and like, it was just great audience. It was like the room, but a little less crazy probably. Uh, Nobody threw stuff, you know. And so after, the movie ends i'm just i'm like oh my god what happened to that guy what happened to the guy what did he think of the movie so i go down to talk to andrew i was like what did he say what did he say he's like he stormed out after 20 minutes and he said has everyone here been lobotomized on the one hand i'm heartbroken on the other hand i totally understand but also as i'm watching the movie probably around the time he stormed out i was like i know that guy won't like this movie but I hope he gets caught up in the power of film and audiences and an old-timey cinema where you have people having fun and interacting. And this is something that did not happen three years ago, you know? Like, this oh, yeah, is yeah. indescribable. You can't put a price on it. It was $15. But usually, you can't put a price <laughs> on it. And so I was just, on the one hand, I'm disappointed. But I'm also disappointed that I don't want him to think that's representative of everything the Mayfair shows. And it's just such a weird situation where you're like because i you just know like that's the kind of guy that's just like oh modern audiences and modern film and stuff like that and you're just like no it's just this look at a trailer look at breen anything on imdb that's breen that's not that movie would have been a better indication of what you were coming to see well also i was curious if he read our website because i found this glowing review and to be fair it wasn't from rolling stone or variety it was from someone named giant freaking robot but i'm paraphrasing but it was like Neil Breen is a genius. We are lucky to be on Earth with him. Oh, God. He can do no wrong. So if someone would have read that, they would have thought, oh, it's a new Citizen Kane movie. Yeah, and I totally understand not wanting to watch trailers and going in fresh because I try to do the same. Yeah, yeah. For it just, I don't know. Like, it was such a baffling situation on the one hand, but at the same time, you just, you sort of knew how it was going to go. But I just, I just really fingers crossed because, like, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just being naive, but yeah. when you're in a situation like that, when you're watching something, kind of like a cinema, you know, where you just have people buy in just who want to have a good time at the cinema, you know, like it's not good. Do you want to like <laughs> chase them down the street and be like, we're doing an extended William Friedkin festival. Oh, like almost literally anything else that we're playing, you know? And so it just, I don't know. It just, I feel a lot of ways about that. And I have no disrespect towards that gentleman. Like it makes perfect sense that he wouldn't have liked that or it wouldn't have worked for him. But I'm also like, you know, come on. We're just trying to have a good time. And we did. The rest of us did. So there's that. Well, in his honor, because I'm sure he's listening, let's now chat about the movies starting the week of Friday, September 1st. Oh, boy. My wife's birthday is September 1st. So this is in her honor. In her honor. We dedicate <laughs> this podcast Wonderful. to Emily. First up is a new film. It's funny. We walked by the TIFF Theater and... Again, no disparaging remarks to Tiff, but I'm always like, yeah, we just get all these movies. So this is one that they had on there. We're showing this movie. I hope you went in and told them that. Yeah, hey, take that. We're going to get these, just so you know. So this is a new French film called Passages. A gay couple's marriage is thrown into crisis when one of them impulsively begins a passionate affair with a young woman. Berlin International Film Fest Best Film and Audience Award nominee. Biff? Biff Fest? Uh, yeah, I guess it would be the Biff Fest. Oh, I like that. Berlin International. I wonder if anyone calls it that over I've never, there. I've never thought about that. I was like, this is a great Back to the Future tie-in. It is funny because everybody calls Tiff Tiff. For sure. But Berlin International Film Fest, <laughs> maybe they want all those syllables in there. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like not something they'd want it to be called, but uh, it's too late, guys. Too late. <laughs> now, every time I'm going to call you the Biff Fest. <laughs> the Biff Fest. Then, just despite Eric, we're bringing back Asteroid City for uh, a fourth week. Oh, jeez. And it's not, movie. it's not even... So is it sequential fourth or was that no it's like there's okay. been like little leapfrogs in between that's what i thought okay cool cool so that means that the more that poor eric didn't like the movie oh, the more geez. successful it is i i want people to like movies that, i mean you heard my rant just now about that uh -huh, guy uh -huh. come on i would just want people to have fun even if i didn't i, I have fun I don't take know. that eric oh, you can't keep wes anderson it, down stop i love him I <laughs> this is outrageous then we have the Ottawa premiere of a very cool-looking new film called Moon Garden. Oh, yeah, this looks awesome. A comatose five-year-old girl journeys through an industrial wonderland to find her way back to consciousness. There was one review. Do I have it here? Yeah. It deserves a massive crowd of filmgoers as it is one of the finest fantasy films I've seen in years. A surefire mix of, off the quote, three people I love, Neil Gaiman, Guillermo del Toro, and Mike Mignola. Hmm. An absolute masterpiece. That's from Cinema Crazed. But I'm like, if you're telling me this movie is a mashup of Gaiman del Toro and Mignola, I'm in. It looks awesome. And it almost gave me a vibe of some of those like Lamora type of films, like some of the adult fairy tale type of stuff from the back in the I mean, 70s, 80s, 90s, all that stuff. Yeah, it looks like a less mainstream labyrinth. Yeah. Or a less horror movie type of one of those kind of films. Mm. Because I think it's low budget, so it's a lot of like cool in-camera effects and puppets and monsters and very fairy tale, but not a horror film. It's uh, getting a lot of praise and one of those cool indie geek cinema things that you could only see here. Yeah, no, it's it's one of my favorite genres and it watching the I'd already watched the trailer at home, but like watching it pre Breen was awesome because oh, yeah. just I had been hyping it previously to my friends and I leaned over and I was like, This is the one, it's that movie. Yeah. So yeah, everybody was hyped. <laughs> so then this is kind of cool. We have Two very different films this week that are both screening because in honor of Warner Brothers' 100th anniversary, they are releasing some new restorations of some favorite classics. Okay. And it's completely random. I'm always fascinated how people love zeros, right? So some of these aren't 30th anniversary or 50th anniversary, but they're yeah. just kind of, they're taking 
kind of random stuff and making them available. So what's funny happens is this week is it's a Lee movie and a Josh movie. Oh, boy. And this was just happenstance. And Lee was laughing about this. And he said he thinks my movie will do better. But <laughs> what uh, so Rio Bravo, a 1950s Western. Okay. It is a small town sheriff has custody of a murderer, and that murderer's family is coming to get him. Okay, okay. And so they have to wait for backup, and it's only, I think, three people while all the bad guys are coming to get their brother. Sounds like High Noon a little bit. Something like that, yeah. yeah. It was enrolled in the National Film Board National Film Registry in 2014. All right. It has a 100% top critic certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Jeez. And a few years back, Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars. A few years back, Roger Ebert? I don't know when, because Roger Ebert, he did re-reviews later in his life. Okay. So I don't know if this is a review from, like, the 70s or the 90s. But, but... didn't he die, like, a decade ago? Yeah, but you could still go to his website, and they've got all his reviews. Yeah, but it's not him a few years ago. I was like, did someone call Roger Ebert? He died, Ebert? like, I don't know, eight years ago. You're not like gonna... a few... This is how we look at time at this point. We're like, oh, it's a couple of years ago. That was 15 years ago. People's reviews don't get vaulted after they pass away. Uh, well, some people might. I don't know. But he said that it's a Western classic and a masterpiece and that it is a master craftsman at work. It's so good it resurrected Roger Ebert to, to re-release you. his review. No, no. But yeah, no, that is a cla- that's a very much my dad movie. Like he I was going to say, your dad must love this movie. Oh, God, yeah. I don't think he'll be able to make it out, but I promise I will mention it to him. So. Yeah. And that's the Lee movie, I'm assuming. That's the Lee movie. Okay. So the Josh movie, we are playing the Goonies. Okay. And he's wearing the shirt. I'm wearing, That's a complete happenstance. That's <laughs> random. But yeah, I'm wearing the shirt. The Goonies for me, and again, nostalgia is a big thing. Childhood's a big thing. I love this movie. Yeah. Recently, that dumb question of what's your desert island song, if you only listen to one song. And without missing a beat and making my friends laugh, I said, Cindy Lauper, Goonies. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I love that song. But I'm just the right age. Like, I was the same age as the Goonies when the movie came out. Yeah. I have a friend who watched it as an adult when he was 35 or whatever. And he said, I totally get it. It's not a bad movie. I liked it. But I see why, to you, it's a masterpiece. And to me, I thought, that's a good kids movie. That was me also. And it's the same as someone watches Frozen now. Like, there's a whole bunch of kids who Frozen, it will be their favorite movie of their life. But if you watch Frozen as an adult, maybe not quite the same thing. Like Phantom Menace, as we talked about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there's people at the Comic-Con, tons of people walking around in Phantom Menace t-shirts and stuff. And there is somebody who their first Star Wars movie was The Force Awakens. Yeah. Sebulba cosplay, you know, there must have been. Oh, I wish. (laughs) That would be, how would you even do that? I don't even know. (laughs) I I couldn't do it. Anyhow, but Goonies, funnily (laughs) enough, just like Rio Bravo... It was added to the National Film Registry in 2017, and five-star reviews from cinema scholars, Movies in Focus said it's a classic piece of 80s cinema. I just love it. Movies in Focus, that old man should write for that place. Yeah. That sounds like right up his alley. It's a thumbs up, thumbs down review. If it's in focus, thumbs up. Yeah, this is weird. We got stuff for everything nowadays. It's fun. But I hope people come out to this, because notoriously, Goonies, 10 years ago, it's been a long time, we screened it. And social media was a buzz, and people were saying they were going to book time off work and get babysitters, and people quit their jobs, and people said there was going to be a line around the block, and like no one came. Nobody uh, came. Were you there? I was there. Okay. And obviously. it was one of those things I was standing in the box office with the manager on hand, and people were walking by, and we'd like gasp and be like, uh, uh, no. Oh my God. And there was like five people, and two were me and my friend. 
Yeah. And it was so sad just because it was one of those things. Like, we thought it was going to be packed. We had yeah. an extra candy bar person on. <laughs> oh, no. So this time, <laughs> it better do well. I'm going to be so upset. Because, once again, people are all excited. Oh, I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the trades the next day were like, Goonies never say die, but the box office died. And you're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. shut up. How do you even know about that? Yeah, it's like, this doesn't even make sense. Who's writing this? But, yeah, so we hope these do well. We hope everything does well. But yeah, we don't play a lot of retro kids movies because people don't come to them. But Pee-wee's Big Adventure did really well. Mm-hmm. And not a kids movie per se, but close. But Dial of Destiny did really well. Oh, that's So actually, that's, that's awesome. really nice when a movie doesn't do so well elsewhere and then it does well here. So we hope Goonies does well and it will give us an excuse to bring in more kind of PG kid-friendly movies as Warner Brothers or whoever else makes cool restorations of them. Yeah, to avenge Josh's kids club that died, unfortunately. Oh, poor kids club. We don't like to bring that up, but anyway. Ian and Lee were so nice about kids club because I was like, I think we should cancel kids club. And Lee was like, we can let it go a couple more months. We can keep trying. But it was like eight months in a row of people not showing up to Labyrinth and Superman and Land Before Time and The Last Starfighter. And there's a point where you're just like, okay. And then I swear, after we canceled it, in the month that follows, people were coming in being like, do you guys ever show kids movies? Oh and we're God. like, oh my God, people. Like, I, yeah, I assumed it's because they didn't want to drop off their kids. They thought it was like a daycare type thing with yeah. like Daddy Josh or whatever. And he's yeah. like, I, I don't know this guy. What, he's watching movies with my kid? We hope it comes back. We like showing kids movies. Come and support Goonies Do so it. Josh can think about thinking about thinking about Kids Club. So that is our five good movies that we're showing this week. <laughs> like every week, all good stuff. And then with the Breen on the brain... We don't have it officially on the internet yet, but it will return for one day in September and one day in October. I like it. Was that his idea or was that like a co-collab? Probably or? Lee talking to him being like, it did really well, but it is unprecedented that we have had Breen three months in a row, I do believe. Yeah, we've definitely, because I remember the, the other time we played once and it did well, so he let us play it two more times, I think it was. Yeah. But that was the same week, I think. And, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up too much, but maybe this will lead to a fourth month and a fifth month. Who Man, knows? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is a Breen film. I, I don't know what else I'm to I'm so say. glad I'm not going to miss seeing it with a crowd because I'll come see it in September yeah. because I was in Toronto. I'm so glad I'm going to get to see it with a crowd. Yeah, we were losing our minds. It was just such a communal experience. Lee took a video for Breen before the movie oh, cool. of us chanting Breen, Breen, Breen. You can imagine it. <laughs> I bet you the old guy liked that. Oh, no. Yeah, see, I think that might have been his first clue that he might be in the wrong place, (laughs) but it's fine. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to wrap things up. You can find us at mayfairtheater.ca for all of those up-to-the-minute new movie listings. God, at the moment, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky. Okay. And we used to be on whatever the other one was, Snapchat. I don't Snapchat, know. Did people MySpace. do that? I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all too much stuff. Reverb Nation. I don't know. All the things. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with news of more things coming as summer finishes and we tiptoe towards Halloween month and the Friday Thirteenth Festival. Of course. That too. Yeah, yeah. Very important. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, and I'll have you know that I didn't remember till the last minute of my speech at cinema, but I did mention the podcast. Oh, good. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is why people don't listen. I never mention it. And then as I was walking to my seat, this young woman goes, I listened to the podcast. And I was like, hey, you listen. So whoever you are, thank you very much for we listening. We love you. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> Why not Willie? 
my dad told me all about him. See, one eyed Willie stole treasure once, and then he got into this cave, and he's been there ever since. Trapped. You guys, just what if this map could lead to one eyed Willie's rich stuff? I'm setting booty traps. You mean booby traps? That's what I said, booby traps. I want to go home. Don't say that. Goonies never say die. Oh my God. From Steven Spielberg. The Goonies. Do the truffle shuffle. Come on, do it! <laughs> <laughs>